Hello. Welcome to the Apple Insider podcast. And if you are a regular listener, you may already have spotted that I am not Stephen Robles. But fortunately, I have been verified by Twitter. I am W Gallagher on Twitter. I am William Gallagher. And while Stephen has to be away for a week doing something, probably buying more Apple gear, you know what he's like, we've got a rare opportunity because it's you and it's me. And for the first time in a while anyway, also Wesley Hilliard. Normally, Wes, Stephen keeps us apart, doesn't he? Yeah, he doesn't want to put us in a room together. It gets dangerous. Yeah. Does he know something about us, or have you been saying something? Is this a whole Ted Lasso thing again? I think so. I think he's uh, trying to make sure I don't influence you in any way. Okay. Well, yeah, promise to be good for the next few minutes, and we'll see what happens. Speaking of being good, apparently some people think we are. Five-star reviews. Love them. Uh, I'll part of them popping up on itunes and like including one so well actually is it pronounced bold of you greetings from a ukrainian living in france says i think bold of you oh who finally watched ted lasso after hundreds of recommendations well all right nice to see you anyway bold of you yeah, right. um also taylor from the usa who says he reviewed with no coercion i'm sorry taylor that sounds so suspicious yes i am voting five yeah okay but Thank you for it. Also, DRK Badger uh, from USA. Uh, sorry, DRK, what did you just say there? Oh, you said you chime in all the time. Yeah. Okay, that's a very good point you just made there. Uh, hang on. Scott Apple ID from USA. Scott, is this just you can't remember your Apple ID, so you put it as your name in things? But five stars from you as well. Thank you very much. And last for this week, um, Ryan Bulach. I think I'm pronouncing that. Ryan from USA. Ryan? was listening on Spotify and has come over to Apple Podcasts just to give us a review. Now that, Ryan, you are the person who travelled the furthest to make a review. Thank you very much. Yeah, that takes some uh, dedication to go to a whole different app just to write a review. But actually, in all seriousness, going from Apple Insider uh, so on Spotify to on podcasts and things, I mean, it's a fair few steps, isn't it? You've got to really want to. I mean, I know it's not arduous, but... I I would get round to it eventually rather than actually doing it. Or, or are you a bit more happy to skip between apps like a cat or anything? This is why Stephen keeps us apart. You're just looking at me now. <laughs> um, okay. I asked you just while we're on this point, because it has been on my mind actually specifically to ask you, because we don't get to talk very often. I started using streaming music on Spotify and I didn't like it. And I think now it's because it was all new to me then. It was like it was okay. I didn't want to commit enough to pay, so I was just getting the shuffled version and the ads. Then Apple Music came along, and I think it was just the right time for me. So I got that, and I love it. And now I never even think about Spotify. Are you more of a Spotify kind of guy? Um, no, never have been. I just never could get behind the UI. Um, I'm actually one of those uh, odd people that kind of disappeared off the face of the earth from like 2009 to 2014, so... Uh, military stuff couldn't really get on the uh -huh. internet and spotify i think came to the united states in 2011 i believe or something maybe earlier but uh just never landed on my doorstep and by the time i cared um because at, at that point i was collecting music on itunes um, but by the time i cared uh, about streaming or wanted to look into it um, beats music was a thing so i was actually a subscriber my first ever streaming service was beats music and then apple music after that I'm so glad you said the bit about military service there, by the way, because those years were so specific. I was wondering, you know, 
what crime had you done to be like, anyway yes yeah. no but you doing... service on a carrier it turns out that's bizarre isn't it god <laughs> i just phew, amazing um so uh, no point telling you that this week spotify updated its apple watch with a new and improved ui you just yeah you don't care yeah i'm not yeah. sure what the old ui was but the new one does look better uh more bigger tap interfaces and such uh I understand people are, who like Spotify, they're really like Spotify. They're kind of like Tesla fans. Mm. They're, they'll preach it like gospel, go around, tell everyone the good news um, about Spotify. But yeah, like I said, I just I could never really get into the interface. I know a lot of people complain about Apple Music's interface and it being kind of um, arbitrary and random. But uh, I actually feel that way about Spotify myself. So it, to each his own. Uh, just pushing aside the fact that I wonder if there are any Tesla fans left after recent events, but um, I, maybe it's whichever one you come to first you like. Absolutely. Does that sound possible? Yeah. I, I definitely think that's the case with Windows versus Mac sometimes, although, you know. I was a heavy Android Windows user um, for years and switched to Apple, so it's not always true. So you, you recovered. <laughs> right. Okay. Glad <laughs> Um, I, we just mentioned Twitter a couple of times. That'll do. It's madness. It'll get sorted out and all this stuff. Um, well, some, William, um, uh, you have a verified uh, Wikipedia page, so I think you you should you should get all the check marks, right? Right. No, you want me to spend eight dollars a month to look like I'm a spammer. I'm going to change my um, name to William Gallagher on Twitter just to make sure there's enough representation of the William Gallagher's in the world. No, I I'm paying for Twitter blue. Are you, are you going to pay the $8 or I mean, it, no, no? <laughs> you don't care about editing tweets. Uh, no, uh, actually in all, since I was advising somebody, uh, I have a friend who's a writer who is, uh, quite new to social media. And because she's, you know, she writes you know, really well, she spends an awful lot of time crafting sentences before she does anything. And she sees Twitter as this big burden where I've got to get it absolutely right, have it checked, have it verified. And I'm telling her, you know, you know, I know you don't want typos, but the odd one, or the odd bit that could have been a little bit grammatically better. You know, it feel, Twitter is a human connection, I think, and you're giving that to your readers yeah. in this case. Uh, so. Typos separate us from the bots, right? Oh, I wish that were true. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think, just to get it out there, I'm going to, I think you can already see it on my account, but I'm I'm just paying the eight dollars, uh, whatever. Uh, there's multiple reasons. I know people are kind of taking a uh, uh, what what's the stance? Uh, well, for me, it's wait and see. They're taking uh, a like, uh, yeah, they're they're taking the stance of oh, I'm not going to give a billionaire eight dollars, but um, Elon Musk when he purchased Twitter did so unwillingly and created a lot of debt for the company. And I personally like Twitter, so and I'd like it to continue to exist. Hopefully, it will remain the same or similar <laughs> under this leadership but i'm putting my eight dollars out there for uh a to support the platform that i actually enjoy and b i actually use the edit tweet features and uh i don't want to be buried um because elon musk says anyone not paying the eight dollars may as well be mm. uh what like second class citizens, I guess. So I, I definitely don't want my tweets lost in the mix or um, under prioritized because of that. So yeah, the eight dollars, it's fine. I was paying the five before, so not just, not going to kill me. Maybe it's me. I just think uh, second class citizens are more fun, so I'll stick with them. Plus, actually, <laughs> I have a friend who I believe still works at Twitter. Uh, a guy I like me very much. And I've not been able to get in touch with him in the last week or so to see whether or not he's one of the people that survived. Um, 
Obviously, really hope so. So it feels a bit personal. Or brought that, back you know, when you know somebody. But. The tw- the Twitter zombies they they got fired and then mm. brought back. But uh, w- before we move on from Twitter, I just wanted to say, guys, because um, I've heard from a few people personally who said I'm quitting Twitter, I'm leaving. There's too much up in the air. That's fine. You know, you do you. But I think at the end of the day, um, everyone needs to realize that this is literally happening moment by moment. No one knows what's true or not. Uh, take what Elon Musk says with a grain of salt. He's in control, but not <laughs> yes. God. Like he can't snap his fingers and have the API change or the algorithm change overnight. There's still humans involved behind the scenes that have to change these things. And while he says blue check marks that pay $8 are going to get prioritized, that hasn't been reflected in the algorithm yet. That doesn't just change. All of this, again, is fluid. So maybe bear with it, stick it out. And honestly, I believe... We're going to land back right back where we started, and Elon's just going to be like, well, we tried and failed, and uh, turns out the original was just fine. Maybe he won't say it out loud, but we'll all be okay. thinking it. I hope so. Let's be optimistic. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm working at it. There's nothing on Apple Insider. It's just, as we record, it's only just gone up about how you can tell the difference between fake verified accounts and real verified accounts. And as I think it actually was changing as I wrote it. So you're right. Things do keep moving around. Something I think is much more impressive. Um, actually, there's a connection here. Elon Musk loads, loads, loads of satellites, doesn't he? Well, Apple rents loads of satellites, and now we know that as of the end of this month, November, uh, the iPhone 14's emergency SOS via satellite feature is going to be live. Um, I'm in the UK, so it's not going to be live for me. Do you have an iPhone 14 that can will be able to use this? Yes, uh, actually, I intend on getting lost in the woods as soon as it's live, just to try okay. it out. <laughs> Dedication there. That That is, imp- you're not serious, are you? No. Um, well, kind of. Uh, we have, uh, I- I'm up in the mountains in Tennessee, so I assume that the only way to access this feature is to not have a cellular connection. It's not something you can just go into settings and find and say, I want to make a satellite call in the middle of a busy street. No, I think you actually physically have to lose um, signal and uh, we have an abundance of that around here um, i might just go on a hike to a uh, nearby fire tower in the in the woods and uh, see if i can't make a satellite call or at least share my location because i don't want to call emergency services when there is no emergency sure. of course myself i just have to go into our kitchen and i've lost all signal so <laughs> yeah hopefully it will spread to the um, I, apple actually said they announced today as we record this when it's coming out or at least by the end of the month, which is slightly more specific than they were before. Uh, they also talked more now about how much money it's costing them, not in the sense of, look at us for spending a lot of money on this, be grateful, but just that they are investing in American infrastructure for half, nearly half a billion dollars worth going into this. And because behind the satellite and the apps on the phone and all this, there's this whole team of call center people. It's a massive enterprise. And who else but Apple could start that up? Well, the call center thing I'm still curious about, because if I had to guess, they're just employing standard call centers. And those people, um, I've known a few people that work at call centers, and basically they're like seven different companies sitting in that chair, and they just pull up the correct cue card for what they're supposed to read off when that a different phone number rings. Um, so they're just adding Apple's cue card to the list of uh, Taco Bell support and um, help with... Uh, uh, Elder Scrolls video game or something, you know, just one of 50 things these people probably have to put up with. So I, I'm assuming Apple doesn't have a dedicated call center for this because 
you'd have to imagine there's very few of these calls coming through regularly. Yeah. You hope so, but they talk about that they put in the uh, global science that owns a satellite, and Apple has paid for them to have new sites around the world, new ground stations, right. and they replace the antennas on all of them and things. But yes, you you've got to hope there's a lot of very very bored people sitting around there not getting any calls. But yeah, they didn't. Yeah. It feels to me like Apple doesn't always just try a little something and then grow it. I mean, it usually iterates products, but in this case, it's like. It like a light switch. Didn't do it before. Now, well, I was going to say worldwide, but it isn't. Across the states, everything. Uh, 300 employees added at Global Star solely to do this. I don't know if they're call center or, or engineers for it as well, but 300 new staff employed for it. Yeah, that is that. Uh, that's the only company that's adding staff at the moment, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's definitely interesting the idea of the uh, satellite calls because you you get a, above a certain parallel. And uh, you can't make calls because there's no satellites um, directly above the, the North Pole or something, you know. Um, I just find it all very interesting. And not to bring it back to Elon Musk, but he did want to make a bid on this or uh, offer Starlink um, as a part of it. And Apple ignored uh, that offer and just went totally in on Global Star. It, maybe it's more of a, or less of a risk because, again, um, Elon's property seems to operate under the constant veil of risk and risky yes. decisions so I, I would say something uh like global star makes more sense for apple and maybe we could see some expansion in the future i don't think we're going to be um, downloading apps over satellite connection anytime no. soon but uh definitely good to have speaking of good to have no i can't even make this because i don't know if it's good or not to have but you have written an article for apple insider about something i don't understand in the slightest and right now i'd kind of like to this uh, is it FTX uh, crypto exchange something? It was there yesterday. It's gone today. Is that a fair summary? What what was that? Um, it went out with uh basically instantaneously. It, it it's kind of incredible what happened here. This is one of the world's largest crypto trading firms. Um, one of the most important. A lot of people had a lot of money tied up in it. Uh, valued at something like. Let me grab the actual number. It's it's ludicrous. I'd never even heard of them before they so, weren't there. If but. you don't, I'm 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 not a crypto person myself. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I I continuously disdain the idea of cryptocurrency and wish it would all die in a, a fire. And it seems to be doing that itself. I don't really need to provide my input on it. Uh, crypto is just unregulated, uncontrolled, and the kind of one of those systems where. The people with the money have made more money, and now they're exiting, leaving um, everyone else to pick up the trash um, and uh, kind of go broke. A lot of people are uh, losing significant yeah. amounts of money because of this, and I feel very sorry for them. But uh, I would urge people to uh, maybe get at least remove their critical assets from crypto, if not all of them. You make it sound like it was a pyramid scheme. Or it, it's almost so yeah it's missing some of the elements of a pyramid scheme because um it requires the money to pass up the people who buy crypto still have their wealth whereas a, a pyramid scheme the wealth moves upwards oh, sure. but the problem is is like anything um so american currency or you know british anything is regulated it's controlled by a government and a banking system and it prevents mm. sudden uh violent changes usually i mean we yes. have seen um you know uh, the 2008 banking crisis and uh the of course the great depression all those things but cryptocurrency is set up in a way 
that we can have a Great Depression every three days if they want it to because there's nothing preventing that from happening. And that's essentially what's happened with FTX. I, I've lost that number right. completely. It's it's, so, it's it's something absurd, like fifty, like they were worth something upwards of fifty-seven billion dollars in January, and now they're worth maybe three hundred million. It's a staggering uh, change in course. Well, you've changed my mind completely. Then it's not a pyramid scheme; it's the UK economy. That's what this <laughs> is. Yeah, I wouldn't go so far as that. Uh, give give crypto a little credit. Okay, that's I was harsh but fair uh, okay let's talk, let's talk cash let's talk real money actual money any chance you have between sixty thousand and eighty thousand dollars lying around that you're willing to uh, put out on uh shoe wear at all uh no thanks but i am eyeballing a twenty thousand dollar life-size chewbacca statue that they're selling <laughs> i'm not making that up it's real go go find out <laughs> okay well my one seems a bit uh, smaller, really. Steve Jobs' sandals. A little more sandals. practical, anyway. Well, are they? I mean, 40-year-old <laughs> sandals, allegedly with his footprints in them. Uh, Julian's auctions, uh, again, I'm sorry, I'm sure they're very famous in the auction world, but I'd never heard of them before. They are selling, or putting up for bid, up for auction, Steve Jobs' sandals and an NFT photograph of Steve Jobs' sandals and a book that mentions Steve Jobs. And I'm just, it feels like somebody's just raiding cupboards here. Steve Jobs, that's fine. Put it out. Uh, thanks. But um, he, sneezed, he sneezed in this napkin once. Uh, $20,000. Okay, we're stopping there. That's enough. Ooh. Um, is this the same auction company that's doing Chewbacca? Because I, I could be more tempted. No, no. I, I believe the Chewbacca statue is a legitimate, like, consumer product, not an auction. But you oh, can right. go and just purchase it and they have multiple of them and people with money are probably going to do so it's kind of insane okay. well in that case very nice talking to you that's the end of the podcast i'm just going to go over to no 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 the steve jobs sandals thing is interesting if only because we see a lot of these products come along the auction line uh we saw his first job application come across oh, or yes. um a business card that he that that has uh a reference on it for what 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 company did he work for? Not... It's Atari he went Atari, for. Atari, right, right. Like Yeah. Yeah, and those just sell for thousands and thousands of dollars. And I appreciate the collector world. And usually the people paying out, you know, tens of thousands of dollars for these things have millions in the bank. So oh, it's true. just scratching the surface. But it still hurts to think about a little bit. I remember reading somewhere a while ago that um, people that were collectors of Elvis memorabilia, um, most of them were reaching... Uh, stage in life an age in life really where they could do with some money um and they were finding they were no longer able to sell the stuff for what they would have expected because fewer and fewer people remember elvis presley the it, right the yeah fewer and fewer people care and uh, yeah. i mean like uh it just brings back the thought of when kids were congratulating um Shoo, who's who's the Beatles that's still alive? Uh, um, Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney. That's it. Yeah. Sorry. So people were on Twitter congratulating Paul McCartney for coming out of the shadows and being lifted up by uh, the musician. Um, I, I can't remember. It was Kanye West or, or someone he did an album with, and they're like, "It's so good." They're they're helping the little guy out, <laughs> and uh, right. I just found that hilarious. Yeah. I recently went to a reunion concert of. Uh, remember, there was a show called Fame. 
1980s film by Christopher Gore and then a series about it. Um, and they were known at the time as the Kids from Fame and they had lots of chart success outside the States, not as well known in the US, but especially here in the UK, very successful. I went to see their reunion concert and I was shocked that they did not build themselves as the pensioners from fame, but they all are. <laughs> it was a good night. I think yeah. I'm revealing my age more than wow. I am theirs. Um, so anyway. the, the <laughs> NFT edition on... Oh, yeah. There's, these seem to happen a lot of these auctions that here's the thing and here's an NFT of it. And I'm surprised that we're still seeing any mention of, N of NFTs. Those seemingly, again, suddenly just fizzled out and died um, earlier in the year um, in the spring. And no one's talking about them anymore. But uh, apparently, from what I've under understand read, is that these companies uh, and a lot of like, you know, Wendy's or Taco Bell or whatever have invested so much collateral, so much money into building NFT platforms that they have to commit to it, even though no one cares about NFTs anymore, no one's buying them anymore, and they're virtually worthless. Um, think about it. If you purchase an NFT with a crypto coin um, that was worth, you know, $20 yesterday and it's only worth $2 today, well, what's that NFT worth? Think about it. It's it's um, really kind of crazy watching this all fall apart live in action sorry i think i may have missed a word there are you talking about nfts or the metaverse because it sounds like it's yeah, exactly fa facebook's struggling with the same it, it feels like they're all tied to the same string and they're all just fall, tumbling down the hill together yeah and uh they they were all they all met in the pandemic and became good friends started a business venture and just failed miserably mm. i'm i kind of still hold out hope for the metaverse. I loved what I say. Um, who's the Apple executive who was asked to complete a sentence that began, the metaverse is, and he said a word I'd never use. Greg um, Joswiak. I, yes. In fact, I bought a T-shirt with that quote on it. Really <laughs> excellent. I am so with him on that as a name. And yet, and you look at all the examples that we're supposed to be excited by and we are so not. I just, I'm hanging on. I think when Apple comes out with something... We know the hardware will be nice, but I think they will also have found the killer app. And I can't conceive what it is, but if they found it and they're right, then I think something will happen down this line. Not but. not to fall into a metaverse rabbit hole, because we have plenty to talk about here, but the idea of the metaverse is fine. It's going nowhere. It reminds me a lot of virtual reality. Um, if you Maybe you, you remember you experienced this yourself. In the 80s, William, they had virtual reality right they you could put on uh the virtual boy headset and play mario tennis as if you were really there and um get splitting headache and possibly eye cancer but moving on uh the okay. vr just never it could, it could never die it kept resurging kind of like 3d over and over every five yeah. years or so someone would come out and say the first ever 3d and it's like no 3d's been around for decades and the metaverse feels like the beginning of another one of those things it's just going to keep iterating on itself over the next 20 years until finally someone nails it and actually makes sense uh it's not i don't i don't believe we're ever going to spend hours upon hours inside of one of these things but i do believe it, it it will be a foundational aspect of our future where you jump in for a social experience or jump in for a shopping experience maybe for an hour but then you jump back out and you go on living your life yeah and facebook of course we are seeing the results of them betting too hard too fast on something that doesn't even exist william doesn't exist 
actually give him some credit. I've always seen Facebook as a money-grabbing thing. And here, maybe that's its ultimate aim, but it's following a dream and putting its money, excuse me, putting our money where its mouth is. It's, I'm trying to keep the optimism thing going. How about this? Totally different, totally more, it's almost here and it's real. Have you tried Freeform on the iPad or the iPhone yet? So I am um, not going to do this beta cycle because it is tied deeply to the new um, HomeKit uh, reintegration, uh. and I don't want anything to break. So uh, especially since I live in a household where we have multiple people with uh, iPhones controlling the home, I just don't want to go anywhere near that. So I'm just waiting for the release in December to try all this out. That's a good point. Um, I added a blind to my office and uh, I put an Akara motor on it and it worked fine until I added it to HomeKit and now I can't get the thing to work at all. So I've got to strip it out and try again. So yes, I understand people saying HomeKit is um, a work in progress, let's say. that. But Freeform then, in that case, let me surprise you with the fact that it's quite nice. It, there you go. I've heard a lot of good things. Um, it's like Apple took ideas from um, their... Uh, Gosh, what what is it called? It's not PowerPoint. Oh, Keynote. Keynote. Yeah. They took oh, ideas from it. Keynote. Yes. They they took ideas from Apple Notes, and they've seemed to have jumbled it all into this one app that has an infinite canvas, and that's all very fun. But then they also added live collaboration. But uh, is it actually live? Are we are we going to actually see people putting pen to paper? Or is it going to be a five-minute lag between each input yeah. and output? I mean, even us here on the shared Apple Note that we use for the podcast, technically, and what Apple advertises, I should be able to pretty much see your cursor moving around in Apple Notes, typing out words live, and it is not the case. It, it might be 10 seconds between edits, and then we're accidentally inserting images in the middle of paragraphs that weren't there before, right? So I, I wonder how Freeform is going to work once it's ultimately released. I actually, I know, um, I don't know anybody else then, because uh, I thought you would be on the beat cycle, but I now know nobody is on the beat cycle for it. I can't use the collaboration tool to see what it's like, but also I don't care. I right. saw this as a writer, is this a tool for me to use? And I'm glad you said that about Keynote, because my first thought when I opened it was that I've seen this before. It is so familiar. All these different bits I've used before, and I actually, I like them. So I thought that would be good. At the moment, there's no syncing going on between my iPhone and my iPad version of it, so that's a problem, but I'm sure that'll be fixed. Uh, I kind of liked it, but I think it needs an Apple Pencil to be useful, and for me to use an Apple Pencil means a substantially improved handwriting, so that's not going to happen. Right. But I mean, I, mean I, I think it definitely, like you said, it has it has potential, especially as a standalone note-taking app. Um, yeah. But since it is being pitched as this collaboration tool... I think that's a tentpole feature that needs to work well in order for this to succeed because if it doesn't penetrate the market like Apple wants it to, it's going to end up like Clips where it exists yeah. and no one uses it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I can see that in its future. What was the Google? Um, was it Google Wave that let you uh, see as everybody was typing away? I remember... Not I'm not sure. There's, they have about 37 different one of these. Um, yeah, and they, 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 they killed them all them. last week. Yeah. So. There was this point where I was in a conversation with two writers, and um, it was about writing, you know, so we were typing to each other. And it turned I learned that this friend of mine is the slowest typist in, in the land. It was 
agony what waiting for each letter to come along. And I think it, she writes 120-page screenplays and things. How could it possibly take her that long to type this? I mean, minutes to do two sentences and something. Um, so I actually, I, I, I felt like I was getting out of the conversation to give her a break rather than anything else. So we collaborated by each going off to get a cup of tea separately. Yeah, I, I don't believe uh, any kind of communication between people should ever be one letter at a time. I, I don't need to see your literal second-by-second second cursor movement um, in a chat app. I'm, I'm not sure why they would implement that. No. It was terribly revealing, though. I, every time I got a long email from her afterwards, I was more appreciative because I realized how much effort it had actually taken. Whereas I just, I type quite quickly, so it's not a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, speaking of trouble, though, and communication, look what I'm doing here, stringing these together. Uh, this thing has gone down in China that Apple has um, slipped in. China, uh, if you're a user of an iPhone in China and you update to iOS 16.1.1, uh, AirDrop has changed for you. Uh, it's limited now. You, uh, do you use AirDrop much for this, uh, for just randomly sending people things? Um, no, I'm not one of those people. But uh, at, as far as the utility of it, yeah, like if, if, like family members needs a photo or a document, yeah. like like it, it's actually coming quite handy a lot. Um, it's it's definitely a non-zero amount that I use AirDrop. I uh, I must be in the high nineties in comparison because I, I use AirDrop every day going between different things and I utterly love it and I think it's just amazing when it works which is almost all of the time but yeah. not quite. When iCloud it's... Sync starts bugging out, I will definitely just AirDrop a file between my devices. Yes, yeah. same here. I need it over now and it's not getting there. Just knock it over over AirDrop. Absolutely great. So that means. Um, I use it all the time, but what I don't have switched on is the, yeah, whatever, let everyone send me things. Because I was no once one. in this young writer's workshop and I popped on my phone somebody's work, which actually I kind of wanted to read, but um, it was disturbing. So I switched that off. And now if I was in China, I couldn't really switch it on anymore because open to everyone, send whatever you like has become open to everyone for the next 10 minutes and that's it. Um, and allegedly... This is because uh, protesters in China using airdrops to spread material that the government doesn't like. We know this has happened before, things around Hong Kong, it's been well documented. It's expected that that's happening now, which means did Apple switch this off under pressure from China or is there some other reason? Well, it feels a bit uncomfortable. First, first off, everyone listening, go and turn off the everyone feature that's yes. silly unless you're like in the moment needing it from some random person that's not in your context sure go turn it on for a second turn it back off um the 10 minute uh thing here i don't know okay not not to defend it because this this is of course unfortunate that limiting any kind of communication like this isn't great but the is there any actual loss here because um if you're using airdrop the device has to be unlocked in the first place and if you're one of these people in a place wanting to receive something like this uh turning airdrop on and leaving your device open for you know you to receive it is that not already what you're doing anyway and you're looking at the device and is that 10 minute timer really going to disrupt you from getting um images and things during a protest because it's not like you know that you're staring at a phone during a protest in, in the first place. I'm not talking about laptops on a bus here. It, mm. It's just think of how this is being used physically in real life. And 
ask yourself, is this a real limitation? And is Apple's capitulation to this just to appease rather than actually hurt anything is my question. Actually, weirdly, when you say that, I realize there is potentially a difference in this, a difference in intent. I mean, this is getting a bit, you know, um, paranoid, really. But previously, if I receive anti-government materials on my iPhone through AirDrop, I could argue it was sent to me by somebody passing by. If I have to positively switch it on, I am participating in the reception of that material. That's um, fair. That's scary, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. That that's that's a good that's a good uh, thought there. I I hadn't really put it that way, but it makes no. sense. You're you're now able to say no. You deliberately turned this feature on in order to receive this, and now you're under arrest for you know getting yeah. this stuff willingly. I want to go away from this. Sort of. Let's go. Um, all right. So that's politics, airdrop, iPhone. Uh, you you know more about this than I do. There's a brand new foldable iPhone that apparently has been made at immense effort, but not by Apple. Um, is this right? Have you got one? Will you buy one? Well, no. Uh, so this this whole thing is kind of wild to me. Um what is the ship? Uh, is is it Greek mythology where they're changing out each wooden plank until basically you ask the ph philosophical question: Is it the same ship that you started with? This device feels the same way to me. It's they call it a folding iPhone, and generally speaking, sure, it they took the display from an iPhone and they kept some of the parts the processing but then they built a custom battery a custom case a custom hinge then they completely removed ios from it and put a, a jailbreak rom on there to uh, add custom um interfaces for folding screens is it really an iphone anymore nevertheless though it's an excellent project they apparently spent over 200 days getting this right, taking apart different phones, buying different devices, investigating how to get it done, and they finally landed on this fully functioning working prototype of a folding iPhone, which is pretty wild in practice, but not great. I wouldn't buy one. <laughs> no, you had me all the way up to they swapped out iOS. Like, right. There you go. Over. It's not really me. an iPhone anymore at that point. No, that's it. The, the software is key. I keep hearing about great features on Android phone, and I think that actually that really does sound good, but you'd have to use Android in order to use it. And that's the lock-in for me, iOS more than the software, just as with the Mac, Mac OS rather than Windows. Well, see, iOS worked. They just swapped it out only because they wanted a split-screen, top-bottom view, and they wanted control over how the camera previewed images, mm. blah, blah, blah. Mm. But, yeah, no, uh, it's, a, it's a neat idea, but, again, this just... They they used the hinge from a Motorola Razor Flip uh, from oh, 2020 right. uh, because that would allow the screen to bend less. Basically, Good. just a lot yeah. of a lot of fun little engineering in here. The fact that it was possible is what's interesting, not the final product. I just I remember when Steve Jobs announced the first iTunes phone, and it was a it was a, a Razor, and the disdain in his voice as he was presenting it to people. It's got two songs on it or something he was almost as dismissive as that so i've always so, associated razor with that speaking okay. of uh android quick segue we can yeah. very quickly move on from this but samsung introduced a the back tap feature to its galaxy line but how it added that is um 
pure madness to me. This is com- so. This is again. This is coming from someone who used Android for years. I understand how it works. I'm not one of these Apple fanboys who doesn't like. I I, I have messed with modern Android. I, I I see it. I understand it. But this is crazy to me. The the hoops that Samsung has to jump through just to get something done on Android because it's so fragmented and broken. Um, on Samsung phones. You go to the Galaxy Store and you have to download the Good Lock app, which apparently is uh, made by Samsung, but it's not included in the phones by default. You have to go get it yourself. And then within this app are different uh, routines, different um, programs that you can download that allow you to modify the UI of the device. And this has been around since like 2016. So I haven't used Android since this has been out, but it reminds me a lot of um, modding Android with skins and such, but this is just an official Samsung version. They blessed it or whatever. And in order to get this back tap functionality, you have to go through all these steps and then add it yourself. And now you can double tap the back of your phone to launch Google Chrome or whatever. I just looking at that and then looking back at my iPhone, I not missing Android at all over here. I I have a friend who used to be a strong windows fan and he was asking about switching to mac and he was such a windows fan i actually recommended against it so you know windows you like it get on with your work have a good time and he swapped anyway because you know that's how valuable my advice is um and for weeks and weeks afterwards he would phone me up laughing down the phone at how different the process was and it was always he wanted to install some software some hardware and he would read out a page of instructions for windows and then says get this get this on the mac side Click OK. And that was it. That was a difference for it. I, it and, the way I always frame it in my mind, because again, I don't view when Android is bad or Windows is, well, I do. Windows is Windows. It's fine. Uh, but I don't see them as inherently terrible. Everyone has their own tastes. But the way I divide it in my brain is technologically, like, it's a playground. If you want to fiddle with the the minutia of what your clock looks like and what your status bar shows and every and like comic sans in the web browser and whatever madness you want to install on your phone that's android go nuts Mm -hmm. the every little detail is controllable in a way that if i had access to that level of control i would never use the phone for anything other than customizing it i wouldn't get anything done and then over ios it's more of a curated experience and i kind of appreciate that now especially since i don't have time to sit down and just go through widget galleries and look at different clock interfaces it's just not what i want uh, i'm surprised to say I, I similar thing for me i used to be on pcs because i was on a pc magazine and i just came a day when i realized i wasn't actually interested in all this uh, the virus stuff one thing customizing other. i just wanted to get on with this other stuff and the mac let me do it um but lately i found i might just time short because of all the new lock screen stuff and the widgets i thought yeah you can lose yourself exploring in that and i haven't bothered set up one that'll do i like that it's very nice and carried on do you fiddle with your lock screen well yeah that's the interesting difference here because um apple has been going down this road since i would say like 2016 2017 of expanding customization and control across their ecosystem and that's great because I still want control. I don't want it to be iOS 7. Um, geez, remember um, back in the day when you basically could almost do nothing except launch an app from an iPhone, let alone control how it looks or whatever. Uh, but yeah, nowadays it's it's pretty complex. And I would argue in some cases um, 
iPhone is more customizable and more personal than an Android phone, and it's safer to do so because you're not going to install something that's going to inherently break your phone. It's all vetted by Apple. And yeah, I uh, to answer your question, I do actually spend some time customizing and building these things. But I've, again, I think that's the difference between Android and Apple. Android, it's all this Wild West playground where everything is unknown and there might be something better just over the horizon you're going to keep looking whereas on iphone it's all just set in stone you do it once and you're done i've got a i've got focus modes uh, i've maxed out how many focus modes i can have and i've defined everything i want coming in and out of those and then i've built all of my lock screens and watch faces for each of those and now I'm done. I, I can go back and change how a complication appears or change a wallpaper or add a photo or something, but it's not something I constantly feel the need to go back to and change dramatically so, like Android does. I remember when things were just appliances. You bought it to do something. I used Make to think about my... Yeah. Know, take a picture. Do you remember those? No. Uh, I remember thinking with TV sets, you just turn it on, you watch it. Maybe you switch on CFAX if you're in the UK. Those days are gone, but you could. Now I look at my Apple TV box, by the way, and I could do half of this customization, customization on there as well, but I never do. I have this thing, I couldn't bear the thought of being so engrossed in a film that we reached the dramatic pinnacle of the writer's work and suddenly in the corner of the screen there's a picture of somebody at my front doorbell. I just, I can't do it <laughs> at all. But I think you're an Apple TV user. In fact, aren't you a games user on Apple TV? Am I making that up? Uh, so that's looking at my review here. Uh, I did review the latest Apple TV 4K uh, with 128 gigs of storage and the titles. It's an Apple Arcade Playground. and I mean that because, um, yes, I, I play games on Apple TV. Um, funny enough, I try to seek out what you would call double a or even triple a. I wouldn't I wouldn't say there's any triple a games on Apple TV, but at least the double a standards there where there's expansive worlds that you can explore, puzzles to perform, more involved than something like, I don't know, Angry Birds or uh, a, a Flappy Bird or puzzle game or something. Um, and Apple Arcade actually has a lot to offer. And so on Apple TV, it's really interesting because um, you have all of these games offered by Apple Arcade plus some extras that you can buy separately on the App Store but previously, 64 gigs, you could have five games and you would fill up that TV. Now, I have every game I could want that I'm currently playing or messing with. And it's running great on the A15 processor. And sure, I'm more likely to turn on my PS5 and play whatever I have there. But if I just want a casual experience, jump into some SpongeBob game or play more on Fantasian, which I'll finish eventually, I promise. But... I've never like, heard I'll, of it, sorry. But Oh, you're fine, you're fine. Uh, it's an RPG made by Square Enix, one of my favorite companies that makes video games. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's there, and it's great. It serves a purpose. Uh, but primarily, for a lot of you guys out there, Jackbox games, party games, a lot of stuff like that are also on Apple TV. So, yeah, I, I play a lot of games on Apple TV. <laughs> so there you are with a brand-new, top-of-the-range Apple TV. You could be watching... In 4K, some of the finest productions made in the world ever, and instead you you play you say Jackbox games. So oh, the yeah, Jackbox games are a series of party games. I believe there's nine of them now, um, where you turn it on and it's basically the 
think of it like having a, a closet full of board games and you go to that closet when you have friends over and you're like oh what are we going to play today jackbox is organized the same way it just has trivia games and silly puzzles and things but you play as a group and all you need is a phone and yeah i, I really enjoy jackbox i'm sure a lot of people listening are aware of it um i would recommend going playing drawful which is uh, a really fun drawing thing and if you have an ipad you might have an edge uh, on that and uh there's also Fibbage, where you can make up lies and see if you can trick people into voting for them. To uh, yeah. <laughs> just really, yeah. really fun little party games. <laughs> All right, uh, you're actually tempting me until that voting bit. That's getting too close to the truth. Tell me something more about games, because I know isn't there also something going down with Nintendo? They're going to make things I don't think for the Apple TV. Um, so that's the problem. Um, before I get into Nintendo, is these major publishers ignore apple tv even though apple makes it almost dead simple to add games to that platform there's no reason why genshin impact or grand theft auto or some of these other major app games that are on iphone shouldn't be on apple tv it's almost a click of a button they'd have to modify some ui elements sure but they're just not on there i remember minecraft getting removed and microsoft saying no one played it (laughs) well the turnaround was well microsoft you never updated it so you know uh anyway so yeah for whatever reason these large publishers just avoid apple tv it's really sad to me it's a very powerful piece of hardware i think clocked on paper it's faster than an xbox 360 and is competitive it's way more competitive than a nintendo switch in power so this thing could run really powerful games there's just no one making games for it now apple has the power to change that but they haven't yet um nintendo that story um it's nothing's happened yet they're so Nintendo is going into business with uh, the company that ha- that's made other Nintendo mobile properties, uh, Super Mario Run, uh, the Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Um, the company's name is DNA, and they're creating a whole new subsidiary company of Nintendo called Nintendo Systems Company Limited. And this is going to be focused on building new, uh, Nintendo calls it new services tied with Nintendo properties. But the long and short of it, it, they're making more mobile games. And they are creating an entire division specifically dedicated to mobile games. So hopefully we'll see much more broad category games from Nintendo. Maybe a Zelda, you know, maybe a Metroid come to iPhone. Maybe not Apple TV, sadly. Yeah, this is why Stephen keeps us apart, usually, because you're a gamer, I'm not a gamer, you're a Ted Lasso fan, I'm not a Ted Lasso fan. <laughs> but we have actually found some common ground in which to disagree on, because uh, you, I, and Andrew Orr on Apple Insider have uh, just got together to write a feature about RSS newsreaders, which we all love, even though you're not using the right one. Uh, which one are you <laughs> using? Uh, I have Net Newswire, but use is a strong word, uh, William. <gasps> were you fibbing i believed you were dedicated to this like i am or you're a once a week kind of guy you check no so rss for me i it's one of those i always go back to because it's useful um if for those who don't know you're listening to a podcast that's served to you over rss the magic sure. of the internet um rss is a great tool for just getting a bunch of uh news and information to one place chronologically or whatever and you can sort it into folders that's all great but what what am i what do i need it for i i'm just not consuming information that way 
and my primary use of RSS uh, and Net Newswire specifically is having a bunch of feeds related to Apple technology and news for work so I can see what other people are talking about just in case I want to pipe in and uh, hmm. put in my two cents on Apple Insider. I just As you say that, I realize one of the things I deeply love about RSS is that it's exactly like things like um, CD-ROM, where knowing what the letters mean doesn't help you in the slightest bit. Um, RSS, sim- really simple syndication, or there are alternatives, I don't know what they are. It's it's news, but I do, I'm certainly daily. Uh, I think it's quite hourly, but a lot more than you. I, I used to be the, um, I, uh, I can't remember figures now, but I think I worked out once there were 300 websites that I was interested in and that I liked going to visit. But if you do that every day, well, that's your day gone. Whereas now with RSS, I pick up uh, Reader, Reader 5 on the Mac, the iPhone and the iPad, and it goes off to those sites. And if they publish a list, it tells me, yes, there's something new here. And it shows me what it is. So while I'm boiling the kettle for a cup of tea, I can read anything I like. See, RSS is nice because it is what you would say is a, a just a dumb feed of information it's just coming at you all at once whatever you've subscribed to it's just there in the order that it shows up and you can read it however you like that's all great but it also is a little exhausting and i only have so many hours in the day so i prefer a smart news aggregator which is the crux of your article that you wrote um what to use to replace Apple News. Well, in fact, I use Apple News primarily, and uh, that's where I go for my... If I'm saying, hmm, I'm going to read an article right now with news or whatever, I open the Apple News app first, not RSS. I think I'm a split. Um, sitting at my Mac, I'm not that keen on Apple News on the Mac for some reason, but the iPhone and the iPad, yes, I will turn to it for what's going on. I think it feels to me like RSS I use for deeper dives into more specific topics that don't get a lot of coverage anyway so some science stuff, obviously some drama things as well so each to their own and each to their own thing but as long as you switch over to reader five for the mac <laughs> yeah reader okay. is really great I, I like reader but i think because of my casual use i think net newswire fits my needs better just because again that one's just a straight list i don't need to interact with it i can just go see what's the newest thing and then move on Actually, NetNewsWire is the first one I ever used in one of its older incarnations a very long time ago. I, I admire it, but yes. You, have you picked up on the fact that I have a, another preference there? This, this, <laughs> Only this a little. Re- yeah. Add a, uh, add a te- Ted Lasso news uh, line to your RSS and maybe you'll get Right. Well, good talking to you. And um, <laughs> actually, I realize we had this opportunity to talk about Stephen Robles behind his back. Did not take it. So... That's bad on us, but uh, Stephen will be back uh, next week, and it will be. I'd like to say it'll be back, and it'll be a serious podcast, but it won't, will it? It'll be Apple Insider again. Uh, if you want to hear more from Apple Insider, remember there is HomeKit Insider as well. It goes out every Monday, and also you can support us on Patreon. You can put us on uh, Apple's own uh, podcast subscription service. Basically, you can send us enough money that we can get Stephen out of, I presume, jail somewhere in continental USA, back in time for next week. But in the meantime, Wes, nice to properly talk to you at last and speak to everybody next time.